Darius. Mm, ah. Sebastian. There we go. There we go. <laughs> magic has happened. Once again. Once again, once more, my friends, unto the breach. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, but I, it feels like it's the Augustus commercial. Like, it's a, unlike the words I think they say, a tradition like any other. This seems to be like a breach like any other. How so? I don't know that there's ever been this recalcitrance with respect to transition and handing over power. Yeah, good point. I I mean, you know, if we, I mean, some of us who are, you know, of a certain age, yeah, we remember what it was in 2000, but even then, you know, it was like, well, regardless of how this is going to be settled, right. we know that one of these people is going to be the president. Right. And, and they both need to have the, you know, daily presidential briefing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think the joke is that if I understand correctly, uh, Kamala Harris as a member yes. of the Senate Intelligence Committee already gets these. That briefings. is correct. <laughs> so let me get this straight. <laughs> it. it I'm, I, but I guess in some way, now that we're, now that it's truly all about appearances, you know, and, and maybe if we have time, we'll talk about how the Republicans may be hamstringing themselves in 2024. Oh, um, I hope so. They, if, well, let's get into it. Um, let's assume that things go as they are expected. Um, I think Georgia is going to have its first certification not the, not the recount, but the first audit and certification by the 20th of this week. Um, right. And then a couple other states start to fall before Thanksgiving and then obviously to, you know, December 8th and to the electors. So let's, let's assume, and we shouldn't have to assume, but let's assume that the truth wins. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, by the selected, um, I have some thoughts, but I'd be very interested to hear what your thoughts are on how this impacts 2024. And the assumption is that Trump decides to run. And then oh, right, 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 is right, right, Trump right. doesn't decide to run, but, you know, still fancies himself kingmaker. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, th- I, I haven't thought a lot about it because mm. I can't. There's like there's kind of an event horizon on January. I just got over the COVID, Darius, and now you're asking me about what happens if I catch COVID again. Is that what you're telling? That's a great Uh, point. That's a great point. But I do think I saw something very interesting today, which was essentially that the speculation that he's going to want to run again in 2024 may lock up the field for a long time, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm Because, well, because apparently he's the scariest thing to Republicans that's ever existed. Like, I mean, I, I don't understand. I, I guess it's just that he's the, he's the bigot whisperer, right? Mm. Like, they, they're afraid that the, the, the base of their base is, is, you know, all in on Trump. And if he, whatever, who's, who knows, uh, Mitt Romney says he's running uh, in 2024 and, and Trump makes up a name about him, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that he'll top out at whatever, you know, some small subset of the Republican base that still has a brain, um, which is, I mean, vanishingly small. So yes, I, I see, 
<laughs> that problem. And also they were saying uh, donors could be a problem as well. Um, um, in terms of donors not wanting to donate to anybody else for fear right. of aggravating Trump or donors not getting behind Trump next round. No, no. Uh, blocking other people uh, mm, okay. from, from having, exactly. Same, same okay. thing, which would be uh, fantastic. <laughs> you know, it would be, it would be interesting um, because I think this also assumes, and some that we didn't put into the equation, this also assumes that he is not convicted of any crime. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, and if if uh, if um, Tish James or Vance or whoever times it right, maybe he's not like you know. There's an ongoing legal proceeding that sort of seems like maybe he can get through it, so he ends up being the. The nominee. Yes, and yes. Then goes to and jail. then he gets can Well, I mean, if we're just if we're just waving the Harry Potter magic wand around, um, I'll take that in yeah. combination with it tarnishing and painting a wide number of people. And, and joining us from San Quentin <laughs> for the debate. <laughs> I guess it would be. Uh, let's see. New. What's New York? Uh, what's their big? federal pen i can't remember i think it's awesome i think it's yeah awesome. i think you're right yeah i think so why, why we new york? that would be great I, yeah it is <laughs> you know what would be great if you just went to the tombs and rikers <laughs> yeah. and then i can see like all republicans chanting we really need to reform this prison thing yeah, conditions yeah, yeah. are inhumane like <laughs> they're really bad yeah we really shouldn't treat people like this <laughs> Why is anybody doing anything about it? <laughs> oh, wait, I'm getting something here. Breaking news. Oh, we're, we're the change we were hoping for. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I understand now. Um, it's so I, you know, again, I think this is why, you know, I joke um, for our one fan out there um, that we should do this podcast. It's we're not going every to day. One? I know it keeps fluctuating. Wow. Um, what Actually, did I realized wrong? we never had multiple fans. But apparently, this one fan kept logging in. Oh, I see. Yeah, so so, so we had a fan bot, mm, a super fan, <laughs> a super fan. <laughs> nah, it, it's. I think it's one of those things where you know stuff is happening. I think it's a combination, right? The Venn diagram between shit happening fast and shit we can't believe is almost like a concentric circle now, where. Yeah. I mean, what I, I just read, you know, breaking news that he just fired the CISI, CISA director, right? The cyber mm -hmm. in, infrastructure. Security. Yes, for having the, the audacity to say mm. that the, there, there were no security issues for the election. I mean, if you, it, it's, it's almost like I feel there's an orange Nero fiddling. Mm -hmm. well, but I, I think he's unlike not, Nero, he's not as orange anymore. He's not well, uh, keeping his hair color or uh, or uh, makeup up nearly as much. Clear, clear sign of depression. Um, clear sign of depression. Clearly, clearly, self upkeep or lack thereof is uh, one of the telltale signs. Yes, he stopped know, grooming. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I'm surprised that Mike Pence is behind him picking off the uh, ticks like the monkeys do in uh, in National <laughs> Geographic. Like. <laughs> It just feels like you oh know. God, that's a horrible. Image. I know. That, that's I. I probably shouldn't yeah, be censured for thanks. that. I just. I just put that image yes. into someone's head. Um, but it feels like the the you know whereas Nero was you know as legend talks about was naively ambivalent about Rome burning behind him. It feels like Trump is going through and purposely setting oh. gas patches yeah, that's like. Just... 
actively trying to do this. That's not and, that's not new though, right? Like that's that's been his modus operandi from day one. I mean, that's why Bannon was so excited about the yeah. prospect of a Trump presidency because he was like, now we can burn it all down. I mean, if you're talking about literally flooding the zone, um, yeah. you know, that is, I, I guess, you know, it's part of the idea that because this is the first time that, you know, Trump has lost reelection. So I think what I'm seeing is it's the first time he's doing the things he's always done in this particular time. That's frame, right. right. That's right. And, and, and I think it's that combination that is not surprising but it is disconcerting. And oh, it's hair raising. <laughs> I had hair. My follicles are refusing face. to come out of my head now because right. they just don't want to be a part of it. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it's and so you know when I when I look at I mean what what do we got recently? We just talked about the CISA director. We're talking about now a troop withdrawal um, yeah. from. I've, from yes. what, I, both Iraq and Afghanistan. That's which, right. Which and, and our he, NATO allies found out about from the press. From the press. You know, it, class. It's, <laughs> That's class. That, you know, state class in San Diego. Absolutely yeah. state classy. Um, what else we got? We got um, the, the, the Fed. This, uh, I forgot her name. Uh, the woman who's being put for the Fed who, who advocates the gold standard. Um, right. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot her name. And truth be told, Sebastian, I shouldn't know her name because this is not a person who should be thought about as being on the Fed. No. And you know, well, so, handling money in any capacity. You know, I mean, gold standard stuff like that is straight out of Glenn Beck's paybook. Yeah, totally. Like totally. you know, it's also like it's like it's honestly it's like. B team conspiratorial thinking from, I don't know, uh, the mid '60s to the early '70s. Like it's, <laughs> it's not. So you're it's saying it's so not, it's not even the new conspiracy theories. No. no, not at all. You know, we have that in terms of. I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to think of the things that are running through my head. Um, you know, the idea that he's trying to open up more of the Alaska wilderness, like all of the things that. Have, I mean, pardons, I, I expect pardons. I, I expected pardons from before because every president does pardons. And so yeah, yeah. I, I think what will surprise us is the scope um, and breadth and just pure number of the pardons yeah. that, what are that's going to get us. Um, and I know Obama had, I, I think from some like 300 pardons, but those were for low level drug offenders. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm expecting, you know, it's rare <laughs> that um, people who need, you know, high-priced white, you know, white shoe, you know, lawyers. Right. Are are pardoned in mass and, and yes, and that is going to happen. And you know what? To 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 lower disappointment, I have lowered desire. I don't have any mm. expectation um, that there won't be. And so, I'm actually going to be happy if he comes in under 400 pardons. That's you know. Man. I'm sure there's a betting yeah, line. You're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually, somewhere in yeah, somebody's, yeah. somebody's got a book. Well, because you know, it's all about people beating Obama in everything, yeah, right? Exactly. So you know, if Obama did 300 right, pardons, clearly he's going to do bigly, hugely 400 pardons, and he's That's the right. most pardoner president ever. <laughs> no you one's know? done as much for pardons. No one has done as much for pardonees as I have. Um, yeah, it, it's it's. 
but I, you know what, I think what, so, so let me ask this out of all of the batshit craziness, um, maybe we go to what, what is the batshittiest thing that has, <laughs> that, that has run across your brain this week? Now it's time for our daily segment, the batshittiest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um, and it might be a tie. I mean, I'll, I'd be willing to let you have a tie on this one, Seb, if you needed to. A t- like a how many way tie? <laughs> that's, I need a weak tie. Everything that's come out in the last seven days pretty much ties. Um, yeah. No, I, 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 I'm going to keep you what's, to two. What's happened in the, in the month that has occurred in the last week? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's yeah. an old joke, but it's a it's a good 2020 joke. It, it is a great 2020 joke. Ah, uh, man. I mean, uh, I mean, you can't beat um, Rudy Giuliani being uh, like his official uh, lawyer on filings in Pennsylvania that claim that he's a member in good standing of the PC bar, which he is not. He's suspended for non-payment, non-payment. of fees. That's pretty good. That that is that you know what? It's kind of a cheat though, because anything having to do with Rudy Giuliani is a, is a shoot. That is, that is, oh, that's the bat shittiest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that is, well, is is that what you're going with? Is your bat? I think so. Yeah. Um, I will go with. I will have to go with the Georgia Secretary of State. Yeah, articulating okay. that someone is asking him to yeah. throw out valid votes. Yeah, someone, um, someone who's known in certain circles in D.C. as Lady G. That's late, I know. But I tell you what, you know, I'm not here to disparage anybody's choices. Nope, nope. Um, but, but I will tell you this. me that he's <laughs> a dick about other people's rights to live yes, their lives. Yes, and that's the thing, right? You know, what is it, Shakespeare? You know, me think about well, God protested too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, it, it, I mean, we'll come back to, to his graminess in a second, but I think that that's kind of the bashiest thing. Like, And not only does the Georgia Secretary of State have to explain that someone came up to me and thought this was a good idea to tell me with somehow the idea like, well, wait a minute, we're all Republicans. You're not, this isn't on tape, is it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't you ask that before the interview? <laughs> like, you know, you're not recording this, are you? Oh, wait, you live in New York, a one-party recording state? This isn't on tape, is it? I mean, I, oh, I don't know. God. I don't know what the end game is for Lindsey Graham or any Republican to actually ask that out loud. Um, and I think it just speaks to where we are that people think it is okay to even ask that question. I know, I know. And then, and then, as a defense, he's like, "Well, no, I'm calling all the state secretary of states." <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> as a now. senator, consi- and and then he listed off the states where Trump lost. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when did the GOP get replaced by the Apple Dumpling Gang? That's my. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, well, first of all, I think you just insulted the Apple Dumpling Gang. Well, yeah. I just, I just, just want to put that out there, as well as the gang who couldn't shoot straight. Um, That's true. But yeah, it's. Well, I, and I think the other part that made it even bad shittier for me was how the Georgia Secretary of State 
was weaving through everything to uh, a Republican, by the way, a Republican. Yes. Who was endorsed <laughs> by Trump in 2018 mm. when he won election. Sure was. Um, how, how, I mean, the, the contortions that the, that people are putting their bodies through on the Republican side, just to not irk Trump is, yeah. it, it goes beyond yoga. It, this, this, if you were <laughs> yeah. a doctor, someone would say, if you continue to keep your body in that position, that will permanently damage you. That will permanently damage you. Yes. And, and I, I, and I think it kind of goes to what you and I were talking about before, right? If there's, if this is an idea that this guy is going to be around and, you know, I think now we're seeing the fallacy of building your political party around the cult of personality. Um, Cause that personality may just decide, mm, yeah, you know what? I'm in it for me. Yeah. And, 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 and may think enough of themselves <laughs> um, to believe that they're not needed, but yeah. So that's, those are, those are, you know what I have to say. Those are two, those are two pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crazy pretty things. Yeah. Two bad shitty crazy things. Um, oh, so so I will I will ask. Uh, I know you and I, as 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 the fan from our show realizes, we exchange checks, you know, pretty frequently throughout the yes. week. Um, did you have a chance to glance at that whole idea of Barbie fascism? No, I I saw it and wanted to read it, but um, this week has consisted of uh, five a.m. calls with Europe. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, I'm, <laughs> do, do they start the call up by saying, "Seb, are you still alive? Are you still there?" <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, half of the call is admittedly me saying, "You know, I'm in San Francisco, right? You know, mm-hmm. you know where that is, right?" Yes. Like, <laughs> you know sure. what? And even if you didn't know, they have this little thing on called the internet called time zone blocker. And it will literally tell you what time it is in any part of the world, so you it's know. Amazing. You should try it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll no be walk. shocked when you find out <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it so i i will and i think the the crux of it is because i think it's something even if you have read the article you're familiar enough with the idea that something horrifically unpalatable is is bundled up into a palatable package yes um and i think we've i mean anyone who's ever seen a commercial from the 1970s or the 1960s or the 1950s um, realizes that that is, that is how you do this, right? You, you, you bundle up something that is just completely batshit crazy. Um, and you have a pretty girl or a pretty woman say it. And it's like, well, wait a minute, like, how can it be racist? Those, those daughters of the Confederacy were so good at tea. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) Um, I think it goes even back to the whole AOC thing that we talked about with, uh, what was the name? Ted, Ted Yoho, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I can't be a bad guy because I'm a husband. Right. And I have And I have kids. It's like, yeah. hmm. Female okay. kids. Yeah, female, yes. I have that I have kind. <laughs> I, I so have, I can't be bad. I have them in my house and they love me <laughs> so clearly. Um, you know, <laughs> one plus one equals 11, Sebastian. I mean, the numbers are right there. <laughs> Uh, I, I always think of uh, Ted Cruz's daughter demonstrating mm-hmm. just how much affection she has for her dad when she's getting off that uh, oh. uh, campaign bus. Oh, is that the one when she was, when she was crying? No, he just goes in for, for like a hug and a kiss and she oh, oh, like, yes. repeatedly avoids mm-hmm. him, like just squirms away from him like, oh, God. She's <laughs> just as, just as, as repulsed by Ted as everybody else is. I mean, that's... 
that's got to be something different when your own kid, mm. I mean, because most kids will just, I mean, we've all been there, you know, it's like the Eddie Murphy joke, right? Our buddy comes in for a kiss and you're just like, eh, okay, fine. Like, let's just get this over with. But to actively yeah. evade and avoid, <laughs> that's like some Green Beret stuff right there. Like, yeah, yeah it's, so I, so I will ask this, what's, uh, if not Barbie fascism, um, and we'll hit that next week. What's uh, what's when your mind is not waking up at four thirty to get on a five a.m. call? Um, what else is on the mind to set that's uh, that's got you percolating? And it doesn't necessarily have to be politics. We can talk social economics. We can do anything. Uh, like we can go afield. That's a good wow. There are other things than politics. I know. I know. It doesn't um, feel like it. <laughs> kind of doesn't i know Um, well i mean because this is the state of our world like everything is determined by a lot of what we live and how the next four years are going to proceed but definitely the next two years is going to be you know who we vote into office not only at the national level but also at the state level and local level so it's i mean i think i think people are maybe starting to understand that you know maybe it does matter like i can't i can't just unplug because both parties are the same like that's no, you you, you, no. In fact, I think that's the thing that we have to fight the hardest against over the next four years is is like making it more explicit, like what the differences are. We we can't. This is the thing that I think I'm watching the most is this <laughs> this um, it, bubbling internecine warfare that's going on among the left, which is just so freaking irritating to me. It's like take the win, guys. We won, and now like be as um well maybe more principled but be as ruthless in persecuting the win mm-hmm. as republicans would be like they wouldn't be like going like oh you, we ran too right and like that cost us votes and like i mean they'd be going like we have a mandate and now like, <laughs> that stuff that's important to us and they wouldn't go like but is it the i mean like this this whole um student loan thing right like yeah. Yes, do it. Do it. Do it yeah, day just, one. I don't care who's upset about it. It's a good thing to do for society. Yes. Like an enormous number of people are going to benefit. And so who cares? I don't care if a bunch of, of uh, older white guys mm-hmm. <laughs> who paid off their, their uh, uh, student debt are, are concerned that there's going to be a big backlash. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. Like we have to have some swag, you know, like we want mm. put a little dip in, in the, in the hip is what you're saying, Sebastian. That's, that's right. Yes. Yes. I'm okay with that. And, and I would concur. I think, you know, and, but I think this also goes to how those parties are constructed, right? The Republicans are constructed from the top down. You will never get out of line or there will be hell to pay. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea that Democrats are a more open tent that values discussion and diversity um, and we're okay to hear different opinions is, is what we see here. Um, but you're right. I think there are some times like right now um, where, listen, we can argue about we can argue about what we're going to do when we get to Vegas after we get to Vegas. Like, yeah. let's just get there first. <laughs> um, and then yeah. again, we can talk to it later, but yeah, I, I agree that there's gotta be, there's got to be, you know, I think Democrats are really the only party that feels guilty when they win. When they win. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and it's so funny because in my in my daily life is Clark Kent. 
I hosted a, some, a workshop today with one of my co-presenters and we were talking about imposter syndrome. And I think it's, I think the Democrats seem to have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, totally. you know, like you said, I mean, you won. Yeah. You won. Um, and yeah, take the it, W. It, you know, if this, if these were, if this was, you know, Marley Matlin, um, who probably couldn't even run as a Republican or be a consultant as a Republican anymore in, in these day and times. But if this was Marley Matlin versus Carville, you know, Marley Matlin would be would be pounding us in the head yeah. with the fact that 76 million voters went for Biden and 71 went for, for, for Trump and wouldn't and would not get off of it. Nope. <laughs> nope. And and they'd be saying mandate, 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 and they mandate, they'd be, mandate, you know, mandate. Uh, uh, elections have consequences. Yes, they do. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, it's historic. Remember, I, I yeah. remember when Kellyanne Conway said that 306 electoral votes was historic. <laughs> yeah, historic landslide. You know, was, yeah. and and so yeah, it's and I and I hope that I hope that Biden and those who are close to Biden, those who are advising Biden, and maybe it's just you know as direct as Vice President Elect Kamala, who who really help him fight his tendency yeah, old school for exactly for i'm gonna whatever. reach across the aisle and okay and then pull back my bloody stuff <laughs> my bloody stuff exactly <laughs> i mean it, it's and i think i don't know if you and i talked about this but you know i think we did actually we're talking about this whole idea of you know whitman in the white house or fior fioron in the white house or or cabinet or some sort of position in Kasich. and you know i know it may feel like that's the thing to do, but that's the you're way. You're not going to win it over anybody. That's you're not that's in the Trump exactly. You're you're call. you're only going to piss off. You're only going to piss that's off right. the people on the left, and and that's right. you know for for what? And that's the yeah. and that's the other part. I would argue, like you know, you and I deal with big companies that sell bids and dollars of of stuff. I guess since we don't want to get specific, um, you know, what's the value? What do your customers want? That's right. And are yeah. you selling them what you think they need, or are you selling them what they're telling you they want to buy? Right. <laughs> yes. And and yeah, so yeah, we'll see. that's a very good. Um, I think that's a very good analogy. And you know, like um, back to what we were talking about before yep. with with uh, AOC and sort of the the younger generation um, uh, doing it better, right? I mean, like part of this ringing <clears throat> is like um, is basically just the old guard going like but but i don't know how to use tiktok or whatever you know like <laughs> I, does that mean i'm going to yes. be irrelevant I mean, exactly and i mean just anyway ugh, diane feinstein for well, example it, oh who, yeah who's got a long and um uh you know um very distinguished career has done a lot of really good things in government, but like, man, is she ever showing that she is out of step now? Like, holy oh. cow! She's, she's she was on video in the Capitol going into a meeting without a mask. Today. Yes, like yes, that's exactly the example that the Trump administration, the Republicans, have been steering the entire country. Yeah, with. see like, this. You gotta differentiate from that. Like, at that, and. You know, I understand that the Senate is supposed to be the world's most deliberative body and, you know, people <laughs> forge, I'm not right, I know, it used to be, um, and people forge relationships. But I think, you know, I would, I, would, I would even, you know, maybe 
it talks to the friendship that you and I have, right? You know, I know that, yeah, people who listen to our podcast may like, oh, you know, those guys are just really agreed to like the sycophants for each other. And that's not true. Like if there are differences of opinion, we will just talk about them, but we do it in a way that doesn't yeah. damage the friendship. That's right. It's just, hey, listen, Seb, I, I, I think you're wrong on that. Or Darius, I think you're wrong on this. And, you know, that inability. You're, wait, you told me you're never wrong, though? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> just go with it. I'm on a roll. And so, <laughs> you know, this idea that somehow, you know, you, you can't be worried about pissing off a seven-year-old with a tantrum. Like, at some point, you just have to, you just have to go through that. And I don't know yeah. if, you know, the Feinsteins of the world, you know, are hearkening back to a different time. Um, and just really believing that this and and <clears throat> I don't know I don't I don't yeah, I, or, I wish or, I was in head or this level of latent um, uh, prejudice uh, racism mm. misogyny was expected and tolerated right I mean it was just like that was just the price of operating um, yeah. in society not just the GOP but society itself right I mean like that's the the other the other way to look at this is to say like there's been a massive um, ongoing sea change in society. I mean, the, one of the things I look at the most is um, uh, in terms of, of like the bellwether for how much we've changed in the last 10 years is the, the um, visibility and the importance, the priority of um, the rights of, of uh, trans uh, communities, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like- mm -hmm. Not spoken of as of, you know, X number no, of years ago. Exactly, and you know, just, uh, what four years ago, I think four, maybe five years ago, um, on on Pride weekend here in San Francisco, uh, we we our old apartment was right by Mark and Octavia, and until a few okay. years ago, and so that's the march parade. That's the march route from from Dolores Park downtown, right? So we would hear marches and or parades or whatever um, marches, and we'd go out and, and check them out or go along with it or whatever. That uh, we heard, uh, you know. A, raucous march we went out to see what was, what was up and it was the first trans march ever mm -hmm. at san francisco pride and they planned a rally at dolores and no march but enough people showed up for the rally and i think the rally was only in its third or fourth year wow. uh, for for uh, trans rights and it was enough people they just went like fuck it let's go downtown and they just yeah. started marching and it was like there was this feeling of like arrival, right? Like mm. within that community that celebrates pride, like the, that sub community had arrived and had visibility and had support. And that's just, it's so new, right? And now we are getting more uh, uh, visibility into the level of persecution, like uh, black trans women are, oh, yeah. are among oh, the, you know, the highest risk uh, for, for murder and other violent crime. And it's like, that was all invisible. It was happening, but it was invisible. And so circling back to what my point was, like, I think that in part what's happening is, is it's the, the latent, uh, I'll call it just dysfunction, emotional uh, dysfunction um, that was just part of the noise of society and was just like, well, that's, that's boys being boys or that's mm. how people are or that's their way in the south or whatever right that's their tradition like those things are now sticking out like a sore thumb rather than just being papered over and and you know like when biden talks about working across the aisle he's drawing on a history of doing deals with people who he knows 
uh, held values that that he totally disagreed with, and he yeah. just looked past it and did a deal. And I don't think that flies anymore. Those those values, right? Those those things that you, you can't both sides um, intolerance, and it's uh, like Popper paradox. I, I think I mentioned it the other the other episode. Karl Popper, you you can't tolerate. The tolerant, like, <laughs> you can't tolerate intolerance because yeah. intolerance seeks to eliminate you. Yes. That's its goal. So there is no working with that. It, it, exactly. It's not that it holds, it's not that it wants to put you in its, it's not that it wants to put you in its place or put you in your place and, and limit your power. It is dedicated to the eradication of your That's existence. Right. Yeah. No, That's it's, right. And so it, I think what you're saying is, um, you know, something I've heard a lot of times, especially on, you know, from Republicans, where I think even Reagan said it, it's like, you know, I didn't leave the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party left me, or, you know, you hear some people talk about how things yeah. moved around them. Um, and it I got slightly less that. racist, and I don't like it anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, maybe, I mean, maybe even, maybe even going aside from politics, if we just talk about human nature for a second, and that desire to belong and that desire to belong in the center because I think mm. if we think about it like a circle you know being at the center of a circle means that you are equally distant right. from all of the negative things that are outside the circle and if that's the circle only way moves, to to, uh, to um, not have FOMO right <laughs> yes exactly yeah you're right like I, and 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 I think there's two parts of this. One is realizing that you are at the center of the circle and then two, wanting to be at the center of the circle. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're seeing in society is this idea that when the center moves, and especially if you are what I'll call center normative, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of disconnect. because like, well, wait a minute, I used to be right in the middle right. of this. And what do you mean? that I'm not needed? Or what do you mean this isn't focused on me anymore? What do you mean that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, my opinion isn't necessarily the one that is looked to as the bellwether? Because there are so many times where, you know, I, I was having this conversation with my buddies from college the other day. I said, what's, what's, I said, one thing that's interesting about white privilege is that white privilege is not necessarily about pushing people down, but it is very much about propping people up. And yeah, if you yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. If, if exactly, so you that's think to right. yourself, well, wait a minute, my privilege isn't holding that person down. That's the systemic racism. It's like, well, again, that ability to be that's in right. the center of the circle, I think, is, is what we're talking about. That's, right. that's where it is. So, you know, the, the it clears students, the field for, for the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the, the, uh, the, I don't know, the mildly talented to suddenly excel, right? Like, well, and that's the thing, right? You know, I don't think any black person would or any person who's been marginalized or otherwise would tell any, you know, white person to not run as fast as you can. I think the idea is if we're going to run this race, can you please help me remove the parachute? And can you please take the bricks off of my feet? Yes. And let's just run as like, well, and again, that, well, you know, I, I, I can't do that because, you know, why can't you just shake off the parachute like I did? It's like, well, okay, one, I'm not sure if you ever had one. Um, but you know, kudos to you for overcoming those things that didn't exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think your point is, is just well taken that whole idea of, um, you know, you, you can only go based on the data points that you have. And even though you have new data points, if we look at a Joe Biden, let's assume what, 2000, 2008. So he's got, ah, what, 35 years of a certain type of data set. 
and 12 yeah. years at a new one. And, it, and, and I think this is what frustrates you and I, you definitely have a lot of points in that 12 years, but it's nowhere near the 35 years that he has on the other side. Right? No, no. There was exactly. a, uh, I was looking at a cartoon and it talked about, you know, when AI took, if AI took over the world, um, and they were like, well, wait a minute, you know, oh no, machine learning, sorry. They said a machine learning robot takes over the world and it decides to fight the battle against the humans using spears and rocks. And <laughs> the idea is like, well, it's doing what it has because for the overall majority of human history, um, you know, the overwhelming number of battles were fought with, you know, stones and rocks. Therefore, that's the data set that it has the most access to. Right. Um, and so it just doesn't, it, it doesn't ignore the idea that, you know, there are far more destructive um, and efficient ways of eliminating people. It just knows that, hey, listen, I got I got 30,000 wars that were fought right. with sticks and stones. I have a thousand wars that were fought with bullets. Yeah. Um, clearly, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go I'm just with going the with the majority. I'm just going with based on how this is. And I think there's I think there's something to that when I look at a Feinstein, when I look at a, you know, when I look at a Joe Biden, when I look at some of the. Well, actually, when I look at the entire House leadership, yeah. um, it, it just feels like, um, actually, you know, what they, you know, here's, okay, Sebastian, you and I solve the world's problems. Thank you. I know, right? Here it is. Finally, at episode 18, we again announced the, the, <laughs> the answer. Um, I really think that every Took us long enough. <laughs> yeah, right? What were you waiting for? Just trying to build up the advertising. Um, <laughs> I think we need to have mentors. And not, not those kind of like a new mentor, a new member of the house gets matched up with somebody older. I think they should actually have a buddy system where someone who is over 60 matches up with someone who is under 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just sort of put together in a working group to kind of have them each one influence the other, right? You know, the one who's got more experience can tell you about the ins and outs and this is how the Senate works and this is the minutia. You know, the person who's younger can talk to you about, well, this is how your social media presence is and this right. is what I'm seeing. Just to and not necessarily to radically change, but I think they would benefit totally. by just learning from each other. And I don't, absolutely, you know, and I think, they absolutely. Both, and here's the thing, I think they would both be better legislators um, and would be also better politicians, right? Because I think sometimes we confuse politicians with legislators. Yeah, that's true. But, but yeah, I think, I think it would, it would help. It would help. It definitely would help. I think that's a great idea. And I think, um, you're right. I mean, the the, uh, the benefit would go both ways because mm-hmm. um, there is a lot of institutional knowledge in in the veterans of how you do this stuff. It's not easy, right? I mean, um, there's been you can tell the difference between um, somebody who's really brilliant at it and somebody who's just sort of okay at it or, mm. or not effective at all, like. I mean, one of the things that concerned me from the beginning with Bernie Sanders the most is that he's only had two pieces of legislation in his 30 years in the Senate. Like, that's not an effective legislator. That's not somebody who can build alliances and and get shit done, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound like people like him very or that he's very persuasive. Like, you know, and that's, unfortunately, like, you can't, you, you can say, okay, well, whatever, it's because he's got such radical ideas or whatever, but you gotta be able to sell it or yeah. you're not going anywhere with it, you know? Like that was, like I said, that was one of the things I found most concerning about, about his, um, 
his record. Well, I think there was there was that, um, but I and and I and I agree with that. I think the other part that was concerning to me is this idea of not having to build coalitions. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think that maybe talks a little bit about you know the legislative part that you're 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 referring to. I think I would also offer that it you know. Sometimes being right feels good, but it's not enough. That's right. That's and exactly right. and what do you do? Because I was joking with a buddy of mine from work today, and I was just like, you know, listen, you you can either be right or you can be happy, but very rarely can you be both. That's right. And so, you know, the the I think, and we, I mean, you've talked about this a couple of times. This whole idea of the horseshoe, right? You know, the left is so incredibly intolerant and unbending. Um, and and can sometimes put purity tests on everything. Yeah. And that is just, you know, it, maybe it should be the world that we live in. Um, well, it's, we just, have it's, not how, it's, it's not, not how it's not how progress works and it's not how change works. Like you don't go from um, whatever, uh, a hunter-gatherer society to, yes. to, uh, to you the know, Hyperloop. A really? You can't, you can't exactly. do that in one fell swoop? No. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, you, it'd be fun to try. <laughs> but just the looks on their stupid faces. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's yeah, it, it, that, that whole idea of, like you mentioned, the and I think you and I, from a consulting standpoint, have, have probably encountered this a whole bunch of times, you know, letting oh God, perfect... don't, don't tell our audience that we're consultants. I know, I know, I know, right? Because uh, wasn't it consultants who told us that Gideon was going to trump a... Like, okay. <laughs> you know, you make like, one mistake. <laughs> you have sex with one goat. Um <laughs> <laughs> You know, this idea of letting, <laughs> letting good or even sometimes great be the enemy of perfect, right? It's, it's, it's like, you know, we can, we can almost get you there. Mm. And, but you know, it's like, you know, un, unless I get all, hang on, tell me this, stop, stop me if this sounds familiar, unless I get my way all the way, yeah, 100% of what I want, then it's absolutely no That's good. right. Then I'm taking my ball and, and, and going home, right? Yeah. And you know, like, it's, well, that's nice that you have such a comfy position currently that yes. you don't have to improve things for you to be okay. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the thing is that the, the, it's an, it's actually, it's very interesting, right? Because you can think of the, the MAGA crowd and the, the far left, you know, the sort of, um, uh, the, the, the no compromise left um, mm, mm -hmm. as, as the same in that way, right? They're actually working against their best interests. They have yes. the most to gain from incremental change. Absolutely. And they're the easiest to enlist for extremist causes that block incremental change that would help them the most. It's the most bizarre human thing I've, I, that I'm aware of, honestly. It's just so strange. It is. And I... And I, I uh, maybe I can do some research just because I'm curious to know. I, I understand that people do vote against their self-interest. I'm and I have some theories on why. But to your point, um, and maybe it's so. Actually, I, I, I did do not recently, but I remember reading some articles a couple of years ago that talked about the idea that 
individuals who are most intolerant in terms of desiring or demanding speed of change are individuals who have been frustrated by a slow lack of change before and were mm. unable to play the long game. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's that whole idea of, well, you know what, if, if <laughs> what's, what's that old, uh, you know, the old math we try to do in our parents? Well, if you give me two pennies today and then you double that tomorrow, right, right, you know, right. why, yeah, why don't you just keep doubling pennies to the end of the month? And it's like, yeah, well, the first couple of pennies doesn't matter. It's like week three where you're like, oh, snap. I may have signed up for something I can't do. I think that's the way, you know, some of this happens where you, because you didn't, because you're not, because your brain is set up for instantaneous satisfaction. Yeah. um, That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with that. No, yeah. I mean, what it's making me think of is like, so then somebody who comes in and, and makes unreasonable, uh, uh, promises right mm. unrealistic promises um is going to gain more um mm-hmm. support somebody who comes in and, and makes a more sort of uh you know reasonable set of claims um won't get the same kind of enthusiasm and then after the person who's made the unreasonable claims yes comes into power and nothing happens they'll blame the person who's the incrementalist right and yes. say like well, they, they just didn't, you know, they, they weren't setting their sights high enough. So nothing, you know, nobody got their, their, um, uh, the benefits of these, these audacious plans or whatever, you know, like, you know, I mean, so I do, I do. It ends up being like self-reinforcing. And, you know, at this point, I think that a lot of it just has to do with just complete lack of trust for, for the, the yes. mechanisms of politics. Yes. It, this, you sound like I, a politician and people just go like, well, you clearly are not. <laughs> well, I, I think what happens is people now think more people, some people may think that the window is so small and that if I don't get everything that I can right now, the window is going to close on me. And so I think it might be, you know, the kind of same reason why you don't leave the dog alone for a week with a week's worth of dog food in its bowl is because mm-hmm. it has no ability to self-govern and it, yeah. and it it thinks to itself, well, you know what? The food is here. I've got to get all I yes. can right now. That's right. Um, and maybe that's what we, we see with individuals because, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a software companies out there. I think some of the most successful software companies are the ones that promise incremental change on a set delivery mode roadmap and then deliver on that change. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm familiar with a company that I think does that very well. Mm. Um, and what they do is they, you know, there might be 15 things on the list and they're just like, you know what, you're going to get these two and we will absolutely positively give you these two. Right. And there is nothing that will come off them. Like you will have this. And by the way, in another six months, I'll give you two more and another mm. six months, I'll give you two more. And I That's think, interesting. and I think what, what I've seen with some of these companies that are very successful is they're able to point to one, a history of delivering on what they said they right. were to deliver on. Right. Right. <laughs> right? A, a promise. Important. Exactly. Right. A promise is kept that what is promised is actually delivered. And it takes literally an act of God to move something off of the map. Right. Um, and we have a history of doing this. So if I tell you that I'm going to have something in three years, it's, you know, some people, oh my goodness, three years, I can't wait for that. But if I talk to you about the roadmap and how I'm going to incrementally get you there from year one to year three, um, it, 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 
it's not the immediacy, but at least you have something you can kind of fix your anchor to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe I think that's what Democrats should be better at. Like, you know, because when it was thought of as, you know, Right. Healthcare for like you know uh, that's exactly where it's going to go right yeah, was, yeah like, go for it go for like, it well no i mean that, that's that's conforming to exactly what you're saying is that um you know they were trying to obama was trying to push the affordable care act uh through as this one real like signature of his entire uh mm-hmm. time in office in many ways right mm-hmm. um because he had one thing he could get done <laughs> yeah, because of yeah. he had a two-year window <laughs> Oh God, so mm-hmm. such a wasted opportunity. But anyway, um, and uh, and the, the Republicans waged this um, meme war against it basically by rebranding it Obamacare and saying you know death panels and all the mm-hmm. rest of it. Um, and uh, now it's super popular, and it's more known as the uh, the Affordable Care Act. Um, the, the popular version, Obamacare is still unpopular. Yes, it is. We should get rid of that Obamacare. Right. Maybe, you should maybe try this Affordable Care Act. Yes. <laughs> but, but we're not doing anything to, to make hay out of that narrative, which is, a, a no. you know, I mean, it, it, it has now taken its place alongside Medicare, Medicare and Medicaid um, and welfare, which, you know, uh, people will and Social Security people will fight for. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, huge, great society benefits right. um, that have just become the norm. Right, right. And, and we can claim credit for that. Like, that was, that was our guy. That, you know what? <laughs> if I just look at great society initiatives, um, you know, I, although I will offer that Nixon did do the EPA. Um, That's true. Which is not a a solve for all the things um, that you did wrong. But I, I and maybe that's the idea. Like there was a time, there was a time when you had, you know, what I'll call the Northeastern Republicans, right? Like a Rockefeller, right? Or you know, some, you know, even even a Senator D'Amato, right, uh, from New York, where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was this ability, right? You know, and. You know, I, 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 I can't I can't imagine that, you know, D'Amato or Rockefeller would even make it out of the primary nowadays. No, no way. Just because of, you know, this fealty to this idea. But yeah, you're right. The, you know, I almost wish that Democrats would just, like you said, like, listen, it's in there. And now let's talk about the next, let's talk about the next 10 years of Obamacare. Or right. let's talk about the next 10 years of the Affordable Care Act. And this right. is what we're going to do. And because, like you said, it's already in there. It's already the norm. So now that this is a norm in our lives, let's talk about how we incrementally improve it. We yeah. need this, you know, this, this. Well, and, and we talked about before, like, we're so bad at messaging, mm. right? I mean, like, like we mm. fell right into pack the courts. We fell right into this whole um, defund the police, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. But we're, I think it's a fine phrase. We're doing a terrible job of, of defending it and keeping it from being co-opted by, by negative propaganda. Like yeah. it, we're so bad at it. I don't understand. Like we're the, we're the ones with the college I know. degrees, I know. you know, linguistics and shit. Like I don't understand. <laughs> but you Chomsky's know, as a Democrat, you know? when you, it goes back to some, and I'll, I'll offer an opinion that I think it goes back to something I was talking about before. If you think you are right, sometimes you feel that's enough and you don't feel you have to make the argument. Like, true what reasonable person would vote against healthcare and keeping yeah. kids on your healthcare plan until you're 26? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, when we talk about messaging, you know, no one says they are, you know, you know, I think, you know, sometimes I think the pro-life and pro-choice arguments, like no one ever says they are pro 
human restrictions on reproductive rights, right. <laughs> you know, because that right. doesn't roll off the tongue very well. No, um, not great. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, you have to, you know, I'm not I'm not for the death penalty. I'm just for law and order or, you know, whatever the message exactly. is. And I, and I think exactly. that's that's the part maybe that I would urge Democrats, maybe even the Democrats who are listening to this podcast right now, like, don't believe that don't believe the august radiance of your rightness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just exclude like, you. Exactly. Exclude you. Electorate with your just your intellectual rightness. I mean, that's 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 like Adlai Stevenson, right? That's mm. the sort of mm. the pitfall of the whatever the smartest. I can't remember yes. what the but. Um, but I know exactly where you are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's it's that you know. <sighs> It's this idea that, you know, I'm, I'm too busy thinking of cool shit. Like, I don't have time to explain it to you. Actually, you should probably think of less cool shit and more marketing because that is what's going to give you the opportunity to stay in power and, and implement all these grand ideas. I mean, exactly. You know, uh, that, <laughs> it, it boggles my mind that that has to be explained. But anyway, there we are. But, but, you know, I would... I would offer that, you know, you hear stories about people who are exceptionally smart. You know, I think about, you know, and so when I hear about stories of people who are exceptionally smart, of course, I'm going to go to a made-up movie, um, Real Genius, <laughs> right? And, you know, it's the idea that there are individuals who are, who are so incredibly smart that they just operate differently. It's almost like, you know, I guess sometimes they'll, you know, they're called maybe on the spectrum or, you know, something else along those lines where, certain things maybe don't matter to them, but, you know, if you need somebody to, you know, build a bomb that can target somebody from 3000 miles away, like this is your person. Or somebody your guy. With, there's your guy, you know, they can do this. And, and maybe it goes back to that whole idea of mentoring, right? This idea of helping it. Listen, if you can't get someone who's very smart to know and understand the reasons why, then you need to pair that individual up with somebody. Yeah. 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 And say, listen, I, I know what you're talking about but explain it to me so I can explain it to someone else. I'm not going to force you to do that because that's clearly not your belly wake. It's not what you like to do. Fine. We will take away, but you can tell me that the Cretans who don't understand your plan are Cretans, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. allow me to be the mouthpiece <laughs> for your idea. Yes. You know, and in, re <laughs> in return for you not talking to any other human, I will get you the funding and the that's time right. that you need to make this happen. But please that, let me that be the work. between. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing, Seb. I don't know that it wouldn't work, but I think we're. I think we should try it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm. I'm game. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Key and Peel did it right. You know what we need? We need Luther, a Democratic translator. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> we need the Democratic translator. Uh, you know, right. to really talk to all this stuff. So. <laughs> I'm, 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 Luther's the best. I, he really is. He really, but I think. But as I think about, it, I mean, yeah, we bring it up as a joke, but. I mean, and I think I think that's maybe why you know when AOC is so popular is because she is able to. Very she's a very good communicator. Exactly, exactly. She's able to succinctly articulate the value, and you know, you and I are in the software business. I think it goes to something I was talking about before. Listen, I don't care if you have a fifteen-hour PowerPoint presentation about how awesome your software is. If you're not going to tell me about what it does for me and what its value is and why I should go with this. Um, I'm, I'm just going to be deaf, dumb, and blind to anything mm -hmm. that you have to say. And, I'm, and and not only that, not only will I not listen to you, then I actively become the idea that I won't even let you in the room again. That's I think right. Maybe that's where Democrats are starting to fall down because that's it's right. like, oh, 
you know, here they come. They're just going to talk down to me again about why that's I'm right. Against my self interest. That's right. The <laughs> Democrats, the well actually kind of party, right? <laughs> You know, it's, you know, they're, they're I th- well, maybe that's the idea, right? Republicans meet people where they are and Democrats meet people where they think they should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, they're, you they're, know, I, I, I do have to, it's, I'm a little uncomfortable with, with being too strong in that way because, yeah, okay. on the other hand, okay. you know, there is the whole appeal to the, the angels of the better nature, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like there is the, the aspirational aspects of the, the democratic agenda, which is, I mean, you know, um, Obama garnered enormous support through like the campaign was literally hope and change, right? It was like not what you're expecting. It's something mm. new, right? It's something better. Um, so I don't know. There's a, there's a balance to be struck. I think sure. what you're saying is correct, but I just worry a little bit about, um, you know, descending into sort of hucksterism or, or, or populism, frankly. I mean, Fair right? Enough. It's just well, it's just appeasing, you know, giving them what they want and not what they need. Need. So so let's do this. Let's modify that statement and say that, you know, it's okay to it. But we alter it to articulate the idea that we, like you said, we do give individuals a vision of where it is. I think Democrats need to be much better about articulating the map. Absolutely. Right. You know, that's great that we want to go there. Now let me tell you. This is great. Where we're going to go in five years. Let me tell you what we're going to do today. Right. right. <laughs> to to well, start also, on that path. And also to to uh, whip up support because it's hard, like in the mm. Kennedy-esque way, right? We don't do yeah. this because it's easy. We do it because it's hard. Like that, I think, is something we've kind of lost as well. It's like, you know, it's, it's because it's hard that it's important. It's not yeah. going to happen by itself, right? Or immediacy. Or immediately, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be, you know, we all have to work together on it, and the payoff's gonna be great. Like the, we're all gonna enjoy it. It'll be terrific. Like that's. Well, when did we lose the ability, Sebastian? And you know, probably gonna go into another episode, but I think there's, there seems to be something that we've lost in the United States for future generations, like that idea of for future generations somehow you know, well, they're not voting and they're not here. So, you know what? Screw them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and maybe it's because people's lives aren't, maybe, I'll, I'll offer this. Maybe the ability to think about future generations is somewhere on that, you know, self-actualization, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, maybe when people felt there was incremental progress moving forward, mm. that they actually could think about their future generations, but maybe stuff is just too damn hard right now. Like, you know, well, and also struggling with that. I think also um, generations are, are lasting longer. There's more overlap, right? It's less, mm. um, less sort of like <laughs> they, they still want theirs before, before handing off to the next generation. You know what I mean? So there's, I think there's less uh, of a sense of duty to the next generation before you kick off basically. Maybe. Well, you know, if, if 80s, is the new 70s, 70s, is the new 60s, right, I mean, right, know, right. We, we talk about the idea that social security was designed so that you were only going to live maybe five or six years after you retired. (laughs) You know, there wasn't this idea of a third of your life is going to be post-retirement if you lived to 90. Right. I mean, that, that idea just, you know, was, was, was crazy talk. What do you mean you live to 90? It sure does screw with the the standard 401k. (laughs) 
yeah, well, it's and maybe that's how we start. I'm Sebastian. 65. I'm retiring, and I have three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Good for well, you. Let's, well, let's see. Based on this, I must self-expire, you know, by <laughs> seventy-eight or you know whatever the number is. And you know, I look at I look at my parents who are let's see, seventy-six and seventy-eight years old, and they're still relatively spry. I look at you know my wife's mother who's you know relatively spry. I'm not going to say her age publicly, um, but you know, it's the yeah, idea that. <laughs> It's how uh, I was born in the day, just not yesterday. Um, you know, but yeah, it's this idea of, you know, 20 years retirement is now, I would almost say the norm. The norm, that, for that, sure. And, and you can get, and you can actually get to 20 years post-retirement actually having some pretty bad life habits, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, because what's that Chris Rock joke? It's not about the cure. It's about the comeback, right? So yeah, I can I can teach you how to live with whatever it is you did to your body for 15 years. I can't cure you, but I can keep you going. Yep. The and miracle the, of modern medicine. The miracle. Well, you know, this is what happens when reach extends past grasp, right? And that's right. You know, maybe the first thing is to readjust what retirement is. You know, I'm you know, listen, I'm all I'm all for raising the retirement age to 70. If we make getting to 70, you know easier mm-hmm. or more you know people are able to get to 70 right it, it, yeah i'm, I'm, I'm strong well, saying this incorrectly but yeah yeah no i understand what you mean i mean it, it means like a, a investment in, in public um, yes health yes yes <laughs> yes for example um maybe even a public health care <laughs> wait 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 Just i'm the... waiting for it wait for it yes sebastian a public way say it out loud <laughs> health care <laughs> um and and also uh i think that um the idea that that we you know the biggest realignment of human satisfaction and fulfillment that i think we could possibly ever pull off would be to be better at like the to get rid of the idea that you work for um, 30 years at a job that you hate mm. and you can't wait for the day you retire so you can do nothing like that's mm. such a dumb way to that's a radical downshift <laughs> terrible <laughs> like so you, you end up doing very little with your life overall right i mean maybe some hobbies after you you retire but like personally i want to find ways to have more and more positive impact on the world on like future generations on whatever, like as mm-hmm. I get older, right? I mean, I want to give back. I want to, I want to contribute in whatever way possible. I want to stay vital and plastic as as yes. long as possible. I want to keep learning, you know. Well, and that's you know, I think what you just talked about is the reason why so many people not only work thirty years at jobs they hate, but continue to work past retirement age at jobs that they hate. Mm-hmm. Um, or even, you know, work at jobs just to get out of the house. This whole idea of, you know, there's a massive right. store of knowledge of, let's just call it right now, it's 65. There's a massive store of knowledge of people who are 65 years old um, and maybe those who have retired necessarily from the workplace. But to your point, um, you know, I, I was talking about mentoring before. I mean, Jiminy Crickets, if I could sit down with, and I know I just aged myself, Jiminy Crickets, <laughs> holy moly. <laughs> if, if I could have sat down with somebody, you know, who was 65 when I was early in career, yeah. um, I think that would have just been tremendous. And yeah, you know, I mean, you and I are, are similar in age 
right now, but you know, I think to myself, I was just thinking 27. Yes. Mm-hmm. My 21st anniversary of my 27th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if I decide I want to work for 20 years, what are the things I want to do in my career mm-hmm. that are going to, mm-hmm. you know, keep me alive and engaged and wanting to work, like you said, wanting to work, yeah, wanting to work for the next 20 years. Cause you know, listen, not as 70s, the new 60, I don't necessarily have it in my head that I have to retire at 68. Maybe there's right. some things I can still do. And so, you know, if we think about our careers in thirds, right, the first 20 years, the second 20 years, I'm getting into the last 20 years now, um, you know, and I'm, I'm still young enough, I think, and inspired enough to learn and change and take on, you know, something new. So you know, I, I have to identify what that is and how I want to do it. But yeah, that, I mean, what you're talking about right there is, is so key and critical of, yeah. you know, like I was saying, you know, or like you were saying, you know, that downshift from fifth gear to first yeah or, or even not even first gear right it's it just neutral fit the, exactly to park <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll solve yeah. that problem next week okay <laughs> that's good fantastic, fantastic. Uh, um do we name this one do we name it uh jiminy crickets <laughs> jiminy crickets <laughs> <laughs>